as a good shepherd. Play on. It was the worst autumn of her life. She had just begun teaching at Harvard University. A first-generation college student fresh out of graduate school. That was stressful enough. But three weeks into the semester, just as she was starting to feel that something was beginning to feel reasonably normal, her dad passed away. A month after that, she and her husband were unexpectedly evicted from their apartment. A month following the eviction, her mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And during the spring semester, she suffered from adrenal fatigue and didn't fully recover until well into that summer. No one, truly no one, would have blamed her if she had decided simply to skip church during those troubled months. But she didn't. She says she couldn't because a few weeks before that awful fall semester had begun, her church's longtime pianist moved away. She volunteered to take on the role, and in the end, what started out as an imposition turned out to be a blessing. She says, and I quote, The church I attend is not a wealthy one, so it's difficult to find a skilled musician who's willing to work dependably for what we can pay, she writes. I grew up playing the piano in church. It's a routine that I know well. I know all the songs inside and out, and it's a skill that comes easily to me. It's something I've always enjoyed. Thanks to my day job at Harvard, I don't need the extra cash but still the most stressful year of my life seems like a strange time to have taken on a pro bono side gig as a church musician. And honestly, if the position had opened up probably even a month later, I probably would have never agreed to have started. In many ways, she continues, and I quote, though it was precisely that additional job that saved my sanity during such difficult, difficult times. There were so many weeks that it would have been tempting just to sleep in or to spend those hours on Sunday with Netflix in order to simply rest and escape it all. But I couldn't because I had to be there. There had to be music. And in subtle ways that I didn't appreciate at the time, being in that space meant being surrounded by loved ones, by people whose lives and struggles were also drastically different from my own, and yet so much the same. Being in that simple sanctuary every week under the arched ceiling before that cross surrounded by the hum of friendly chaos, furnished me with a broader and more robust sense of self by decentralizing my own importance. When I played that music, my body became a conduit through which the bonds between all peoples 
gathered there, old and young, poor and less poor, Every shade of tan and brown grew stronger and stronger as we sang together. While I wasn't fully aware of it at the time, the experience of sharing music with others turned out to be what I needed most during a time when everything else felt uncertain and overwhelmingly frightening. That came out in the Harvard Divinity Bulletin in an article entitled On Habit by Michelle Sanchez. See, I think despite the stresses of work and the family crisis that she had to deal with, this young college professor managed to hear, she could hear the voice of the Good Shepherd, and she could heed his call to be a source of peace and support for his flock at that very time. See, like Jesus, who is the gate, she becomes a conduit through which the bonds of all peoples gather together, growing stronger, she says, as we sang together. I cannot even begin to describe to you the number of people who have emailed the parish or my own email address to say that being able to watch here on Saturday evening or to watch it on Sunday morning, whether they're in the living room with their family or they're watching it on a computer screen in their office, the power of the connection of being together. Several people have said, just recognizing your voice has calmed my soul. Isn't that the voice of the Good Shepherd who reaches out to you, who calls out to me, who calls to each of us, asking us to be a conduit, to bring calm, to bring peace, to bring hope into the lives of those whom we love? I began Mass by mentioning the shepherds in my own life and Oh, yes, I remember some of those pastors, but even more so, I remember the people who I lived with, who were the most incredible shepherds that anyone could ever have ever imagined or dreamt to have in their life. You hear all my stories about my dad. He was a good shepherd. But my mom played that role as profoundly as my dad did. That voice that sang to us over and over again, that voice as I've mentioned to you in the past, that rather than reading bedtime stories to us, my mom sang from the piano. And I know many of you remember when I was asked what my favorite song was. Repeatedly, my mother sang, how much is that doggy in the window? but I heard the shepherd's voice in her voice. The voice that came floating up the stairs was that voice that told me as her youngest of four children that we were all safe, that we were all doing fine,
and that everything would be well. And just yesterday, speaking to my mom in the midst of some confusion and in the midst of some of her anxiety, though she had that kind of that mom experience of using first my brother Roger's name and then my brother Mark's name and then calling me dad and then finally Dan, but I've learned that all moms tend to do that. They go through the whole list of the names of their children. But then clear as a bell, mom said, oh, just hearing your voice makes me feel better. That's the voice of Jesus. Oh, it comes to us in so many different ways. That voice is spoken to us in the voices of those who love us the most, in the voices of those who challenge us and push us the most, in the voices sometimes that we even least like or want to hear, who are inviting us to more and pushing us to more. But I've learned it's always the voice of Jesus, the shepherd. I mentioned Father Jim Scheich at the beginning of Mass, who is the pastor of St. Edith when I was there from 98 until 2000. I had lived with many, many priests as a Dominican over the years. Father Jim was the kindest man that I had ever lived with. Never was he threatened by my presence. Never was he in any way, any way, feeling jealous or overlooked if someone asked if I would do their wedding or if I could do the funeral and not him. Jim was the most gracious shepherd I had ever met. Kind, loving gentle, affirming. So often during my homilies, I would look up and St. Edith's back wall into the gathering space was all glass in certain sections. And there was Jim listening. And when I would return to the rectory, Jim would always say something about my homily, always affirming always trying to somehow lift me and my ministry up. And I will always be grateful for a time in my life when I probably needed to hear the Lord Jesus' voice more than ever before. And Jesus, the Good Shepherd, spoke to me in the voice of a man by the name of Jim Scheidt. And so as your shepherd, I pray each and every day that I will be a good shepherd, that I will listen and I will be kind and I will pray and I will lift you up in the most challenging and darkest moments of your lives. And through all of these weeks and in all of these days, Know that I journey each and every day with you. 
And like Jesus, who is the gate, my one hope and my prayer is that to each and every one of you, I will always open the gate, the gate to the kingdom of God's kingdom, where one day we'll all be together again, and there'll be no pandemic, there'll be no Alzheimer's, there'll be no MS, there'll be no anxiety, there'll be no fear, there'll be no brain tumors, there'll be no anxieties that strip us of our joy, but they'll only be love. Until that day, let's listen to each other's voice and believe. Jesus speaks through you. Jesus can speak through me if I allow. And the voice of the Good Shepherd will be heard and God's kingdom will have no end.